Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Thank you for joining us. This Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, I will be interviewing for the entire hour the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr. Uh, and it's a fantastic interview. Not because of me, because of him. And he covers a lot of subjects. He is a remarkable individual, smart as hell, he's very courageous, in a full hour. A lot of people in his position wouldn't sit down with me for a full hour. You know, we've tried to get the Secretary of State, Mr. Producer. He won't come on. I don't know why. I actually like the Secretary of State a great deal, Pompeo. And he's under attack by very, very vicious people. Hey, look, we try. We've tried to get Bernie Sanders, too. He never shuts the hell up, but he won't come on the show. In fact, none of these big-time leftists will come on the show. That's their problem. And uh, I think Fox will promote the interview as much as it promotes uh, Chris Wallace interviews. We'll see. That's the goal, I hope. Uh, Because it's a very powerful interview. And I like to think I'm as journalistically inclined as Chris, wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? I think I am. Even though I'm not a journalist. Now, I see uh, the charts on TV about how many people have had the coronavirus, how many people have been tested for the coronavirus, and how many people have died from the coronavirus. And we now also know, and not because I'm some kind of a conspiracy theorist, and I've been saying this now for four months, uh, the collection of information on who dies from the coronavirus is very sketch. It's very sketch. And a lot of those reporting into the uh, CDC um, are reporting individuals who might have heart attacks or strokes or die from some other morbidity. 
but because they have the coronavirus, uh, that is often put as the main reason. I can't fix it. I, all I've done is pointed it out for the last four months. That's the way it is. And also the mortality rate, you wouldn't know it watching TV or looking at these these uh, hyper-political websites has come way, way down. Um, and so the more you test, the lower it goes. Uh, and so they focus mostly on the number of people who have the virus. How many people today have cancer? Did we know, Mr. Producer? There's a lot of people who have cancer. Well, there's no chart for how many people have cancer. How many people have died so far this year from cancer? Do we know, Mr. Producer? Why isn't that on TV? Two, two and a half, three times as many people are going to die from cancer as die from the coronavirus. It's like having up on the television the flu. How many people die from the flu? And while elderly people die from the flu, we have a lot of young kids who die from the flu. Not so with this virus, which is why I guess we're shutting our schools, because young people are mostly unaffected, so why not shut down the schools? Young people are not carriers that, uh, from which teachers would likely catch this virus, but so they don't want to work, so why should they work? I've also encouraged on my social sites the use of executive orders to uh, extend unemployment, not with another $600, just extend unemployment and to temporarily uh, freeze or eliminate the, uh, the payroll tax cuts. I'm not into using it to you know, freeze rent and do a thousand other things because I do think you, you need to be very careful about legislating as opposed to ordering. And there's a lot of landlords out there who own apartment complexes who aren't getting paid. And it doesn't do us any good if they go broke either. But certainly for um, dropping the payroll tax for a period of time, that's like 8% that'll be immediately in the pockets of people who are working. And 8% immediately in the pockets of businesses, particularly small businesses. And that allows them to invest more or maybe open or hire a few more people or bring back people who were uh, laid off because uh, because they're not open and not making money. And uh, we had pretty good numbers today. 1.8 million jobs created. The unemployment level is down to 10.2%. I remember when Jimmy Carter was president, and uh, we didn't even have a virus at the time, and I think unemployment was like 10%. And the only virus... That'll be worse for our economy than this pandemic will be the Joe Biden virus because he'll destroy the economy. There's no question about that. And so people want to work. You can't keep Americans down forever. You can't close capitalism forever. In other words, liberty is like water. It'll find the gaps, it'll find the cracks, and it'll go for it. And the only thing they can destroy it is the Democrat Party which doesn't believe in liberty. It believes in iron-fisted, centralized government. It's a funny thing. When they control the executive branch, they don't mind legislating from the executive branch like Obama did with DACA. When they don't control the executive branch and they control Congress, they want Congress to do all the uh, governing. And so they attack a president and try and remove him from office. And when they don't control either of those, they go to the courts and the bureaucracy. So in other words, as I like to say, the Democrats want to control us whether they win elections or not. And they have created a, a governing system, uh, extra-constitutional system, uh, that they feel will ensure them 
power regardless of what happens. Now, I played for you yesterday, when almost nobody played for you yesterday, what Joe Biden said at the virtual convention of the National Association of Black Journalists and the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. Uh, Yesterday was Thursday. He made these comments late on Wednesday. And for some reason, people weren't covering this, even conservatives. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is, again, Joe Biden the racist, Joe Biden the bigot. And it's not a gaffe. He thinks these things. He says these things. You know, the day before, we was talking to a black guy who was a journalist who, who uh, asked him about his competency, if he's taking a competency. He goes right for, uh, I don't know, man. Come on, man. That's like me saying uh, before this interview, were you on cocaine? Are you a junkie? Now, why would you say that to a black guy? Because it's stereotypical. That's what's in this guy's head. And why would you say that the black community is not diverse? Why, all blacks come from one place? We have black people in this country from all over the world. The Caribbean, the Middle East, many different countries in Africa, in South and Central America, Cuba, and you can go on and on and on. Different ancestral cultural backgrounds. So of course there's diversity. But he feels with the Latinos, there's incredible diversity in that community. But this is what black people need to understand, whether you're an African-American or a Caribbean, or wherever you're from. Joe Biden, when he speaks, this is what he believes. And he's not the only one. You know, I'm no fan of Malcolm X, but don't forget what Malcolm X said, and I paraphrase It's the white liberals we have to worry about. Now, he hated whites, period, pretty much. And he would denounce conservative whites, too. But he said the white liberals will use us and abuse us and pretend they're with us. And it's not just white liberals. It's black liberals, too. The Obama administration didn't do anything significant for the black community. And yet here's Donald Trump. Here's Donald Trump. We can actually list the things he's done governmentally to try and assist uh, minority communities in the inner cities for which he gets no credit. This is a great failing. A great failing in the black community and the black leadership that they don't acknowledge and embrace. When any public official, like a president of the United States who happens to be a Republican, takes steps that his predecessor, a black man, did not take and wouldn't fight for. Now, Joe Biden, I'm not going to keep going over the past. Maybe I will as we get close to the election. has said many, many racist things throughout his life. They're not mistakes. It's who he is. And I don't care that he ran with Barack Obama. I don't care that the Obamas endorsed. That's nothing. Forget about endorsements. Look, the religion for the left is the Democrat Party. It's secularism. That's what it is, whether it's Sharpton or the Obama. I don't care what black Americans back by. Just listen to Biden. Listen to what he says. I'm not talking about party politics. Oh, they're on that side, so I endorse them. Let's take a listen again. Cut one, go. 
And by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, <clears throat> unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. I mean, that is so over the top. It's utterly contemptible. Now, at ABC News, there's a woman called Mary Bruce. She's a reporter. ABC World News Tonight, yesterday. How did they cover this? Cut to go. Biden's campaign insists he was not suggesting the black community is a monolith, but rather was referring to diversity of attitudes among Latinos when it comes to immigration. Late today, Biden tried to clarify. We can build a new administration reflects the full diversity of our nation and the full diversity of Latino communities. Now, when I mean full diversity, unlike African-American community and many other communities, you're from everywhere. All right, stop. He just did it again, Mr. Producer. He did it again. He did it again. Yeah, and it's written on a card for him, and he did it again. Unlike the African-American community and many other communities, you're from everywhere. Well, where does he think black people come from? Their ancestors. They think they all come from one, from one town in some African country? I mean, what, what does this mean? Go ahead. From Europe, from the tip of South America, all the way to our border in all, uh, Mexico and in, in the Caribbean. So do black people. He, there are black people who live in Mexico. There are black people in the Caribbean. In fact, the majority. There are black people in Europe. There are black people in South America. What is he talking about? So how does ABC cover this? Go ahead. The president has a long history of racially charged and divisive remarks. Trump recently tweeting a video of a man shouting the racist phrase white power and calling Black Lives Matter a, quote, symbol. So, so stop. So Trump, she's doing a story on Biden, and it's Trump who's the racist. Not Biden. Trump. And Trump never said any of this. And they go on. David Muir, what is he, the, 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 the host of the, uh, of the show, ABC? Who the hell watches these networks anymore? Go ahead. Okay, the president today also unleashing a new line of attack, Mary, on Joe Biden, going after his religion. So, so you see how it works? So it's Trump is the racist, and he's going after Joe Biden. Joe Biden says the most loathsome things about the president. The most loathsome things. His party says the most loathsome things. So the president's going after Joe Biden's religion. No, the president's calling out Joe Biden as a hypocrite. He wears his Catholicism on his sleeve, as Nancy Pelosi does, but they believe on abortion on demand, and they believe the federal uh, taxpayer, uh, through their taxes, should pay for it, not only here, but internationally. They want to send hundreds of millions of dollars into Planned Parenthood. Why shouldn't they be called out on this? I don't know. Does the Catholic Church believe on abortion on demand, infanticide, and believe that Catholics should be forced to pay for it? I don't think so. But here's the same reporter. Go ahead. Tom, the president said that Biden, a devout Catholic, is, quote, against God. Biden's team was quick to slam that as hypocritical, saying, quote, Biden's faith is at the core of who he is. He's lived it with dignity his entire life. Actually, he hasn't. Ask Tara Reid. 
He's been a liar. He's been a plagiarist. He's been a bigot. Can't keep his hands to himself. But all that said, look how they cover for Biden. Look how they go after Trump. It's disgusting. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Just to show you how corrupt the Antifa media are, the Democrat Party Antifa media, listen to this fool Joe Scarborough who is broadcasting from Jupiter, Florida, but I want you to pretend he's in Washington, D.C. He's got it tough there in Jupiter. I like Jupiter, Florida a whole lot, as a matter of fact. But I don't pretend to be broadcasting from there unless I am broadcasting from there, Mr. Producer, correct? Here he is, Joey Scarborough. Cut three, go. I think Joe Biden made that, uh, perhaps he made that argument inartfully. He didn't need to include the African-American community in the discussion. But the bigger point is he does seem to recognize that the Latino community is not one giant monolithic community, uh, that it is a very... It's very, it's a, it's a diverse community. Yeah, we know that uh, guy with the bulbous nose. The uh, banjo player on the bridge from uh, Deliverance. We, we know all that, Mr. Low IQ. That's not the issue. The issue is what he said about the African-American community. What he said about black people. That's the issue. And he doubled down on it. And when he doubled down on it, he was reading from cue cards, basically. Wait until you hear what this fool James Clyburn had to say on MSNBC, too, who's heavily invested in the Biden presidency. They keep talking about Trump being a racist. Trump is the only one on the national scene really looking into what, what he can do that might improve the black community and the lives of black people. Biden has been in Congress 36 and a half years. He was eight years vice president. He can't tell me one thing. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, 
and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. James Clyburn is a buffoon, number three Democrat on the House side. He was on MSLSD today. Have we ever invited him on my program, Mr. Producer? They ignored you. Can you ask again? We want to reach out to uh, House Member Clyburn, given his uh, absolute uh, genius. And uh, what did he have to say about Joe Biden's flat-out racist remarks, which he doubled down on. He said it twice. He said it twice. And you can see why most Americans, or many Americans, hate the media. Hate the media. Just because they're a lying bag of you-know-what doesn't mean we shouldn't embrace them, right? They're doing more to destroy the First Amendment and freedom of the press than any any foreign or domestic power. Cut four. This is James Clyburn on MSLSD today. Go. The word diverse. You know, as you know, you know me real, real well. You know, I'm sort of a stickler for. You see, yeah. you see, the reporters know the Democrats real well. Let's start over. Cut four. Go. The word diverse. You know, as you know, you know me real, real well. You know, I'm sort of a stickler for uh, the word being what it is. And what he was talking about is whether or not you, what continents, you know, when you start talking about Latino. So, so stop. So, so you see, everybody's interpreting for Joe Biden. They're spinning for Joe Biden. Do they do that for the president of the United States? Does this guy Clyburn, does he do that for the president? No. They take every consonant and vowel and they put it under a microscope. But Joe Biden, he meant the continent of Africa. Did he say the continent of Africa, Mr. Producer? Are all black people in this country from their ancestors from the continent of Africa? No. I suspect a majority, but so what? He's talking about diversity. Go ahead. Talking about not just uh, various communities and countries. You're even talking about various continents. Uh, the ethnicity, the diversity of the ethnicity. Uh, most African Americans in this country. You know what we call this where I come from? Bull uh, crap. Gibberish. Just bull crap. Anything for power. The Democrat Party now is a religious force. Doesn't matter. Joe Biden is the Pope of the Democrat Party. So he's the Pope. Some would say the poop, but he's the Pope. And so anything for the Pope of the Democrat Party. He's going to be the nominee. He's got to win. Doesn't matter if he's a racist. We'll control him. We'll get our agenda through. That's the bottom line. It's it's incredible to me. They're pulling down statues of generals who fought in the Confederacy. And they're nominating a guy who makes these racist comments all the time. All the time. Go ahead. Are being all from... Uh, from Africa, or in fact, the roots are basically in Africa. 
So all he was talking about was the diversity uh, of not just the communities, uh, but also the continent. And you bring those back. No, no, he wasn't. He said nothing of the sort. Nothing of the sort. Go ahead. Experiences into the discussion, and you aren't treated, uh, or you aren't—you don't have the same set of experiences uh, that you would have if you didn't have this kind of diversity. He sounds like Joe Biden to me, doesn't he? To you, Mr. Producer? He's rambling on like Professor Erwin Corey. He's rambling on like Nancy Pelosi. The leadership of the Democrat Party, is there anybody under the age of 80? I'm just curious. Oh, Biden, he's 77. Anybody under the age of 77? Well, what about Trump? He's 74. Yeah, but Trump acts like he's 54. 54. By the way, the president's having a news conference at 7 p.m. Eastern. We will be covering it live. Live and national. Right here, may I say. So here's what you have with... uh, with Joe Biden. I don't dismiss this as part of his cognitive de- uh, decline. This is who he really is. This is what he really believes. You cannot point to many, any, or at least more than one, two, three accomplishments in over 36 years in the United States Senate. He likes to say, you know, my state was a slave state. We have the third largest or the eighth largest black population in the country. Really? And what did you do about it? I didn't actually do anything. I don't know what it's going to take, honestly, for LeBron James to break away from the Democrat Party. I don't think he ever will. Because there's a sense that the Democrat Party is, as I say, the, uh, a, a party of, of faith, not, uh, not religious faith. But that's where you go if you have a, uh, a complaint or a chip on your shoulder. Or you need your victimization to be addressed or something of that sort. When the Democrat Party creates a lot of it. And so he says this and ABC attacks him and MSNBC attacks him. Him? I meant Trump. They attack Trump. Trump never uttered any of these words. And you damn well better believe Clyburn would never said Trump didn't mean any. He's talking about communities and countries and continents and... Africa, maybe a little of the Caribbean, you know, but, excuse me? Oh, yeah, 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 no big deal. Just the diversity in your background, that's all he meant. It is a put-down. It is a stereotype. That's what it is. That's what it is. We have blacks who come into this country, and brown people come into this country from all walks of life, from every corner of the planet. And I even want to advise Mr. Clyburn, because this is shocking. There are black people all over the world. All over the world. And they were all over the world 250 years ago. Throughout our hemisphere. Forget about Africa. From, we've got black people in our hemisphere since before the United States was founded. So what's he talking about? Does he even know what he's talking about? Of course not. Anything in defense of Biden. Anything in defense of Biden. That's the way it works. All right, let's move on. Trust me, this will not be covered over the weekend. Pelosi, she won't be asked about this, you know, so forth. Won't matter. The Sunday show you need to watch is my Sunday show. 8 p.m. Eastern. 
I'm going to have the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, for the whole hour. For the whole hour. And guess what, Mr. Producer? I'm going to let him answer the question. I'm not going to reclaim my time. I'm going to let him speak. And boy, does he speak. Brilliantly. Brilliantly. Such a, as we like to say, uh, those of us of the non-diverse Jewish community, he's such a mensch. Well, think about that. Is the Jewish community diverse? You better believe so. You take Orthodox Jews or Hasidic Jews, and then you look at these secular Jews. They have nothing in common. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Anyway, this RNC ad, what happened to Joe Biden? Is very, very interesting. Of Joe Biden speaking coherently in 2008, and then they have him falling off the wagon. Cut five, Mr. Producer, go. You ask anybody in there whether or not the economic and foreign policy of this administration has made them better off in the last eight years. And, uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we, uh, we are in a position that we are can ensure every single solitary kid. We can provide catastrophic health insurance right off the bat. We can do that for the cost of the, just one thing, the tax cut for people in the top 1%. Um, uh, and with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, you got to give them to the people who are going to spend the money. You got to deal with making sure American companies can be competitive, have a health care plan that doesn't put them at a disadvantage when they compete overseas. Um, you know, there's a, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a, than the, the it's called, he called it the, you know. Goes on. And so he's asked on August 5th, you'll remember by Earl Barnett, have you taken a cognitive test? Cut seven, go. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Hmm. Because you're an idiot? But really, even early on, in 2009, we have Robin Williams. Man, was he a great talent. It's so sad what happened to him. It's my daughter Lauren's favorite actor and comedian. But boy, was he prescient about Joe Biden. This, this again, is in 2009, Mr. Producer? When Joe Biden's out there talking about Barack America and FDR when there was TV. Cut eight, go. We still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the f***? <laughs> Joe said that even people with Tourette's go, no. <laughs> no. What is going on? Joe is like your uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. <laughs> I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FDR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. <laughs> Sit down. Well, well, he hasn't changed very much, has he? No, he hasn't. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, 
but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. By the way, it's already started. Now it's in uh, full steam ahead. Thehill.com, if I may. Coronavirus concerns emerge around debates. They emerge around debates. To lower the risk of spreading COVID-19, health experts are advising changes, ranging from taking the events exclusively online to mandating that the participants wear masks, though at least one candidate is chomping at the bit to get to the debate stage. Citing an expected increase in early and mail-in voting, the Trump campaign had requested moving up the first of the three scheduled debates or else scheduling more of them. But the Commission on Presidential Debates rejected the request on Thursday. And I want you to think about something. With a Commission on Presidential Debates that doesn't want to increase the number of debates, it should be called the Commission on Limiting Presidential Debates. While more people will likely vote by mail in 2020, the debate schedules has been and will be highly publicized. Any voter wishes to watch one or more debates before voting will be well aware of that opportunity. No, they won't. No, they won't. The debates from today are going to look at a lot different from yesterday, said Merlino, uh, who, along with the commission or presidential debates, is working with a team of experts in preparation for next month's. And this guy, of course, is a, is a professor from University of Notre Dame to Case Western University in Cleveland. Um, and you're not going to see that today because we have to take into account precautions so that we can keep people safe. I am telling you, I've always been skeptical of this, and I hope I am wrong, that they are trying to figure out the best way to cover for Biden. Anywhere from no debates or something that is said to be a debate that isn't a debate or to keep Biden in a bubble so people can hand him notes. Those men need to stand on the stage. They can be 20 feet apart. Nobody's going to catch anything from either of them. 20 feet apart. Just pretend they're working at Walmart or something. Uh, we don't need an audience. You can have a few questioners who are 20 feet back. And so there's social distancing. And in the case of Biden, Trump will be socialist distancing from Biden, given his background now. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. And we better not accept any excuse. Because they're really trying to cover up uh, Biden's racism, his incoherence, his incompetence. And I'm not one of those that thinks Biden won't be able to finish a sentence or two or three. He was able to during the Democrat debates. But I think when he's really going at it with Trump, that's when you'll see uh, the decline and you'll also see his weakness. Trump has gotten better since 2016. He's gotten better at uh, at debating. He's gotten better at honing in on issues. Uh, And Biden's gotten worse. And Biden's gotten worse. And you can also see how they're positioning themselves by saying, we've already agreed to these three debates. It's the Trump people. Of course, they have to negotiate uh, 
the specifics and the details of the debate. And apparently, they're having some difficulty doing that with Biden. So that's what's taking place there, just so you know. Now, Mr. Producer and America, Levinites out there, I don't believe the Attorney General has sat down with anybody for a full-hour interview. Do you, Mr. Producer? Anybody. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 30, a full hour. And we cover many, many issues. And I give him time to speak, as I always do, on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And he speaks brilliantly. Shouldn't that be news? Shouldn't newsrooms want to watch this? Not because I'm a journalist. And by the way, neither of them. Uh, circle environment. I think that's a proper way to put it. And uh, so why isn't it promoted on newscasts? Even on my beloved Fox, why aren't they promoting it? I mean, it's promoted in little, you know, little promotions and so forth, but I haven't heard a single host say, make sure you watch Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday with, with Attorney General Bill Barr. That's kind of weird, isn't it, Mr. Producer? It's, it's, not, it's really not weird in the least, is it? No, it's not weird in the least. Just the way it is. They'll try and pounce on something he says during the show, but they don't want you to watch it for yourself. It's like what they've done with Biden. This is why you hate the media. So my suggestion is, if you can't watch it live, DVR it. Because I already did the interview, and I know he says things that are so compelling... And so intelligent, including about those hearings that took place. They're not even hearings that took place. Sort of a Molotov cocktail event, Democrat Party style. You know, rather than throwing uh, uh, bottles of uh, propane that are lit with socks, like Molotov did, uh, instead we get uh, the verbal Molotov cocktails thrown by the Democrats. It's incredible. But we cover a lot. We cover everything from the hearings to the violence to the police, his, uh, his theory on what's going on in this country, uh, the lockdowns, um, uh, Michael Flynn case, of course, um, Durham. We cover a great deal, and he's able to speak his mind. Does a beautiful, beautiful job. So that's this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Look, if I don't tell you, nobody's going to tell you. It's an amazing thing. At the number one show on Sunday... On all of News Cable, all of it, all of it. And we'll have it again because of you, Patriots. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. New York tries to dissolve the NRA. The far left's war against the Constitution never ends. You know, this is very interesting. Um, 
You see, the suit brought by the hardcore leftist crackpot attorney general of New York uh, isn't just aimed at what she claims is corruption in the NRA. She's interested in dissolving the NRA. In the past, she's called a terrorist group and all the rest. It's a funny thing. Second Amendment's part of the Bill of Rights, but the left doesn't care. They pick and choose. And they also pick and choose who has these protections. And as IssuesInsights.com points out, whenever the far left loses a debate, it doesn't sharpen its arguments or seek compromise. It criminalizes those with whom it disagrees. It's happening now in New York where the Attorney General is making a politicized attack on the National Rifle Association and the U.S. Constitution. I made an error last night. I told you we have six members of our family who are lifetime members of the NRA. I'm not right. It's seven. Seven members. New York's Democratic and radically anti-Trump Attorney General Letitia James uh, has moved to dissolve, dissolve the NRA. It's after a phony fraud investigation that was launched as an intimidation tactic, they write. The suit against the NRA targets the group's charismatic executive vice president, Wayne Lapierre, and three other NRA leaders. The NRA's influence has been so powerful that the organization went unchecked for decades, said James, while top executives funneled millions into their own pockets. The NRA is fraught with fraud and abuse, she says, but really James seems more interested in angling for a high-profile job in a future socialist White House than seeking justice. Charges that lavish spending by four executives led to $64 million in losses over three years doesn't bear even casual financial scrutiny. The NRA is not taking it lying down. It filed a countersuit late yesterday with NRA President Carolyn Meadows calling James's effort a baseless, premeditated attack on our organization and the Second Amendment freedoms it fights to defend. It's obvious New York's move isn't about justice. And look at the timing. When the NRA is prepared to spend millions to reelect the president and elect Republicans. It's about a hard left political animus toward gun rights. It's typical of New York's politicized justice system. Manhattan's ultra-Democrat District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. has been investigating President Trump with the same vigor and fidelity to truth as Christopher Steele investigated Trump's supposed collusion with the Russians. Vance subpoenaed Trump's Deutsche Bank financial records in his far-reaching investigation of the president's businesses. So you can expect to see his personal financial statements leaked to the Trump-hating media any day now. To the left, the truth doesn't matter. Tarnish your target's reputation. This is Alinsky. Create doubt, then if you can't destroy a career, you try to get your foe banned. Make them radioactive. Now, speaking of banned, Mr. Reducer, if you'll open your microphone, what happened to me on Facebook today? Oh, uh, one of your articles was labeled as fake news. It was on... um... It was, the video, it was the video of the doctors uh, on the hydrochloroquine press conference, what, a week or ten days ago? Yes, Facebook labeled it as fake news. So the, uh, the Gestapo, may I use that word? Uh, Clyburn used it. The Gestapo at the Facebook marked it as fake news. Now let me ask you a question, Mr. Producer. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday I'm going to spend the entire life, liberty, and live in the entire hour with experts on hydroxychloroquine. And Fox typically will put out a clip that's 
8 minutes, 12 minutes or so. And I intend to put that on Twitter, Facebook, and Parler. It'll, it'll be upheld on Parler. What do you think will happen on Twitter? Will they ban me for life or something? They might. That could be an interesting lawsuit, couldn't it? I'll be posting it Sunday morning. We will be posting whatever I say following Sunday in that interview on all my social sites. Come what may. Come what may. And if they ban me, you can always follow us on Parler, but I'm going to punish them. Now, like a slot machine into which someone has patiently dropped coins, Soros' investment... Now, what do Soros have to do this? Well, radical leftists such as James, they aren't working alone. She was put in office with the help of billionaire socialist George Soros, who has spent millions of dollars on attorney general and prosecutor elections to radicalize America's grassroots justice system. Man, oh man, does he require a uh, FBI anal exam. Now, like a slot machine into which someone has patiently dropped coins... Soros' investments are paying off, and not just in New York. He has spent millions to put extremist leftist lawyers in key positions in California, in Virginia. I've got one here in our county, Missouri. You saw what happened in St. Louis and Chicago. In the case of the NRA, New York's James took advantage of an intense internal dispute within the gun rights organization to make her case. Ask yourself, if this organization was on the left of political spectrum, would it get the same treatment? Does media matters? Does Planned Parenthood, do any of those leftist organizations get examined like that? Of course not. The New York-based Clinton Foundation has engaged in outright corruption for years, including Hillary's use of her post as Secretary of State to line her family's pockets. Yet apart from criticism by conservatives and the desertion of well-heeled contributors after she lost in 2016, the Clinton Foundation has never suffered for its scores of breaches. Legal action against conservatives and Republican politicians is just the tip of the spear for Soros and the rest of the Democrat far left. They see the U.S. Constitution, especially the Bill of Rights, as an impediment to their grand plan to fundamentally transform America into a nation with no rights other than those left want you to have. No free speech, no freedom of religion, no right to defend yourself. Is that where you want to live, America? Because you'll get to make that decision on November 3rd. I've been asked some of my liberal friends, of which there are a few, is that where you want to live? I asked some of my liberal friends who are in broadcasting, including sports broadcasting, is that where you want to live? I guess they don't believe it'll happen. Who knows? I think it can happen and it will happen. And I'm very, very concerned about it. We already see it. You know, they call it the cancel culture. I call it the destroy culture. It has nothing to do with, can't, it, as I said, that's just too passive. I'm canceling my, uh, my tickets to the opera. Have I ever been to the opera? My parents may have dragged me to the opera once. I don't think I've ever been to the opera. No, and I don't want to go. I'm sorry, I don't like it. Or the ballet. Oh, some of my family love this. I, I have no interest in going to the ballet. People dancing in tights on their toes. I've never understood that. And don't, don't be offended, those of you who have kids or are taking ballet. I'm not opposed to you taking ballet. Although that might be the last thing to watch, Mr. Producer. Unless they paint a Black Lives Matter sign in the background or something. Maybe that's what we're left with, the ballet, do you think? 
Anyway, the guys, how can I put this? The guys wearing the tights, Mr. Producer, isn't that a little pronounced? May I put it that way? (laughs) Not my thing. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just not my thing. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Tell you something that's interesting, because it's on Twitter. May I use the word Twitter? We have to come up a new word with the name Twitter. I've got one, but it would be considered foul, and I'd be in trouble. I would change the I, Mr. Producer. You understand what I mean? Ah, but anyway. So the Attorney General of the United States, after my interview with him, in an undisclosed location in the former Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, as he was returning to his office late in the evening, he came across a Support the Blue rally. Support of the police. And he had his driver and his FBI agents turn around, drove to the pro-police rally, And got out of his car and shook their hands and thanked them. The Back the Blue rally. So we're going to post this. It's posted on Twitter by Kerry Kubik of the Department of Justice. She's fantastic. She's the communications director for the Department of Justice. And we want you to see this. uh, Because he really is a patriot. And what he said to the FBI detail... When they passed him, he said, can we make a quick U-turn? I want to jump out and thank those people. That's exactly what he does, exactly what he did, and we're going to post this. And he does this after I interviewed him for Life, Liberty, and Levin. Fantastic guy, I'm telling you. I've known him a long time. It's not like we kept up with each other, but I've known him a long time, and he's always been a straight-up guy. Solid as a rock. So that'll be uh, fun for everybody to watch, I think. And, and uh, another friend of mine actually did text me last night. I saw it today. or responded to it. Um, the same thing. Said the Attorney General of the United States came to our Back the Blue rally. Because he was driving past it and saw it and asked them to make a U-turn. I wish I had seen it. I would have jumped out too, but I didn't see it. 
And so far, 1.5 million people have viewed this. 1.5 million people. It is great to see people who love this country, love our police, love our military, love our constitution, love our history. It really is. It's great to see patriots out there because day in and day out, I have to deal with the opposite. The haters who are just depressing as hell. They really are. Here's a piece from, uh, I guess it's the Wall Street Journal. Trump loses ground in suburbs key to his path in several states. Apparently, many of these people who live in the suburbs are prepared to commit suicide, politically speaking, because their taxes are going to be massively increased. And the way of life is going to be dictated to them by the Department of HUD. And I did an entire show on this on Fox two weeks ago. And the great Ben Carson and the President of the United States, the great President of the United States, put an end to this. Put an end to this. This isn't about racial diversity. This is about economic Marxism. They've all but destroyed major parts of Westchester, New York, which was 40% minority and 60% white. And when they brought the suit there under the Obama administration, they didn't even allege racial discrimination or lack of diversity. They didn't even allege it. And the suburbs are actually more diverse now than the inner cities. In 2010, according to CBS News, in a report in 2016, as I've told you, CBS News reported that 35% of the suburbs now are populated by minorities. Obviously, some suburbs are higher, some suburbs are lower. But as a, a general matter, 35%. That's a significant increase over that 20-year period that preceded it. Now, that's 10 years ago. My own community is very diverse. And you don't have to go door-to-door, be a census taker to find out. Just go to the local grocery store. You'll see it. People get along great. They get along wonderfully. But they want to live in a community that's largely safe, where the schools are, are uh, taken care of. And when you have these iron-fisted, one-party, left-wing mayors and city councils, in too many cases, you don't find it. And that's why LeBron James doesn't send his kids to inner-city schools to go to school. That's why he doesn't live there. I don't care how much money he gives, that's my point. And he's not alone. That's why most of the people in the suburbs don't live there. But if people can find a way out, that's what's happening. It's only going to get worse because of the war on the cops. It's only going to get worse. The, the crime rates through the roof. No human being. I don't care what your race is, your religion, your sexuality. None of that matters. No human being wants to be confronted with this day in and day out. And sadly, people are stuck in some of these places and they can't get the hell out. And so what's the left wing's answer? Let's make everybody's community miserable. Mobility is a big right in our country. It comes with freedom. Mobility. You can live wherever you want. You can move wherever you want. That's a good thing. 
So this story is Trump loses ground in suburbs key to his path in several states. Do the people in the suburbs want government control over health care? Do the people in the suburbs want open borders? The people in the suburbs want their schools to be closed because of the three million man and woman army of the Democrat Party that won't open our schools, that stand in the doorways of the schools like Faubus and Wallace and won't let little kids of all races go to school. Is that what they want? They won't follow the science. Science says they should go to school. Even the moron Cuomo just figured this out. Uh, I think the schools should be open with proper social... Yeah, we got it, dummy. We got it. Four years ago, Donald Trump ran away with this longtime battleground county of Lake County, Ohio, capturing it by more than 15 point, points. The president's re-election chances could hinge on his ability to replicate that feat in places like this in 2020. Big margins in Lake and similar blue-collar suburban counties in the Great Lakes region helped Mr. Trump flip several states and win the Electoral College. But polling data in similar counties and interviews here show he has lost some support in places that were central to his 2016 victory. Here's what's interesting to me. Aren't there two candidates, Mr. Producer? Well, why don't they ever ask about Biden and talk about Biden's positions when they go into these communities? Isn't that strange? It's a two-man race, is it not? I believe it is. But they don't go into these blue-collar Uh, in many cases, uh, Republican uh, uh, areas, and ask them about Biden. What about Biden's policies on the suburbs? What about Biden's policies on health care? What about Biden's policies on this side and the other? No, it's all about Trump, 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 Trump. And that's exactly what Biden wants. He doesn't want to discuss the things he says. He doesn't want to discuss his Bernie Sanders' hardcore left-wing policies. He doesn't want to discuss any of that, and nor do the media. So they go into these areas, and they don't, they don't ask. Joe Biden supports this. What do you think? That's not in this article, and it's not intended to be in this article. It's quite amazing, really. Trump losing ground in the suburbs. And here's the truth. Maybe he is or maybe he isn't. The polls are beginning to tighten a little bit. They're beginning to tighten a little bit. And even the Biden people don't think they're that as far ahead as the polls say, according to the Biden people. So there's still time. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Show where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Mr. Producer, have I become a fashion model at Fox? Now, I don't wear a tie when I do my interviews, unless it's with the president or something like that. So I go tieless. And I like wearing a tie unless I must. 
I see Jesse Waters has gone tireless, Mr. Producer. I see Greg Jarrett's gone tireless. So now it's the tireless look. And I'm not even doing it for looks. I'm just doing it because I don't want to wear a tie. Isn't that fascinating? Who's your wireless provider? AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile? What if I told you Pure Talk USA uses the exact same network as one of those carriers? We're going to take a short break here. The President of the United States is about to speak, and we'll get back to Pure Talk. Go ahead. Uh, A terrific number of things and some very positive things to tell you tonight. I want to begin by giving an update on the economy. Economic health is vital to public health. That's why our strategy to kill the China virus is focused on protecting those at greatest risk while allowing younger and healthy Americans to safely return to work and safely return to school. Very important. We added 1.8 million new jobs in July, exceeding predictions for the third month in a row, and adding a total of over 9.3 million jobs since May. And I will say that the job growth that we've seen over the last three months, 9.3 million, is the single greatest three-month period of job creation in American history. That's big stuff. That's big news and great news. Over the past three months, the United States has surpassed market expectations by a total of 12 million new jobs. Over the last three months, the United States has added 623,000 manufacturing jobs. Remember, you'd need a magic wand to get manufacturing jobs. And we're getting them even in uh, a pandemic, which is disappearing. It's going to disappear. And 639,000 brand-new construction jobs. Over half of the new jobs are full-time jobs, and wages are up by 4.8 percent, which is terrific. Unemployment has fallen by nearly 30 percent since April. Think of that. 30 percent since April. Hispanic-American unemployment has decreased by nearly 32 percent. Jobs held by African-Americans, which were hit especially hard by the shutdowns, incredibly hard, increased by nearly 1 million over the past three months. And that's also a record. That's a job record. African-American, 1 million. It's a job record. We must ensure that the progress continues. My administration has enacted over $3 trillion in historic relief since China allowed the virus to infect the world. So we've contributed $3 trillion. My administration continues to work in good faith to reach an agreement with Democrats in Congress that will extend unemployment benefits, provide protections against evictions, A terrible thing happens with evictions. Not fair. It wasn't their fault that we were infected with this disease from China. And get relief to American families. Yet, tragically, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer continue to insist on radical left-wing policies that have nothing to do with the China virus, nothing to do with it at all. So you have a virus that comes in, And you have people in Congress that don't want to help our people. If Democrats continue to hold this critical relief hostage, I will act under my authority as president to get Americans the relief they need. And what we're talking about is deferring the payroll tax for a period of months till the end of the year. And I could extend it at a certain period. 
Hopefully, I will be here to uh, do the job. We're going to do the job. We've been doing a job like nobody could. Nobody would, actually. And so we're going to have the payroll tax go till the end of the year, and it'll be retroactive to July 1st. So we're going to go back to July 1st, and it'll go to the end of the year, payroll tax. At the end of the year, it may be extended. We're going to enhance unemployment benefits through the end of the year. So unemployment benefits will be — that's a big one — will be uh, brought out to the end of the year and defer student loan payments and forgive interest until further notice. So students who are paying student loans, and in many cases, they're not even allowed to go back into their colleges, extend the eviction moratorium. We will be extending that so people aren't evicted. Not their fault. We had a lengthy discussion this morning with President Macron of France concerning numerous subjects, but in particular, the catastrophic event which took place in Beirut, Lebanon. Horrible, horrible event. At 3 p.m. this afternoon, I spoke with President Aon of Lebanon to inform him that three large aircraft on the — are on the way, and they're uh, fully loaded — fully loaded — with medical supplies, food, water, and many other things, lots of emergency equipment. Also, first responders, technicians, doctors, and nurses are on their way. This was an event like the world has not seen for a long time. Horrible event. We'll be having a conference call on Sunday with President Macron, leaders of Lebanon, and leaders from various parts of the world. Everyone wants to help. We spoke to a lot of people. They all want to help. The United States is with authorities on the ground right now in Lebanon to identify further health and humanitarian needs, and we will provide further assistance in the period to come. We're working very closely with their government and with their leaders. And on behalf of the United States, I want to extend our condolences to all of the families, a much larger number of families than anybody would have thought and than anybody at first thought, but all of those families who lost loved ones, relatives, friends, in this horrible tragedy. We stand firmly with the people of Lebanon and will continue to offer our full support through this very difficult time. We have not seen anything like this in a long time. As you know, earlier this week, I met with American workers at the Tennessee Valley Authority who have been laid off by the leadership at the Tennessee Valley Authority. As you know, this is a form of utility. It's been around for a long time, since FDR. And the head person, not controlled by government, but it's sort of semi-public, in a sense, gets paid the highest salary in the world of government. Uh, it gets $8 million a year. That's not a bad amount of money. It's $8 million a year. And uh, we are not accepting that, even though we're not the ones that appoint him or her, but in this case, him. We're not accepting somebody getting paid $8 million a year. This has been going on for many years. And we will 
do something about that, and we're already in negotiations right now, including possible termination. They and hundreds of their fellow American tech workers, the workers at the TVA, were being terminated from their positions on top of all of this and on top of the $8 million salary and a chief of staff who makes much more than a million dollars a year. But on top of all that, they were being terminated from their positions, these incredible people, in order to train the lower-cost foreign workers imported to replace them. How's that for a law? And this was set up originally to create jobs and economic development. And now they're getting fired, and they're supposed to train people for a much lower — who get a much lower salary. It's crazy. This was a grave injustice. I fired the chairman of the board in response. On Friday, I fired the chairman of the board, along with one other board member. That's the one thing we have. We have the right to fire board members. And I made it clear that if they did not swiftly reverse course, I would continue with these firings of the board members. And we just were informed that they have agreed to change course totally. And today, I'm proud to announce that a major victory for the workers of Tennessee and Kentucky and other areas that are covered — great states, great states — that the leadership of the TVA has canceled all of the layoffs and given hundreds of American workers their jobs back. They're being rehired as we speak. In this administration, we live by two rules — buy American and hire American. You can't do that. You can't fire all our workers and hire people back from other faraway parts of the world at lower prices, especially when they have to train the people. And they can never train them as good as what you have, because they've been there for many years. They've done a fantastic job. And they love the TVA. We had a lot of people in the office the other day. A lot of the media was covering it. They love the Tennessee Valley Authority. So uh, — and they're so proud to work for it. But this happened, and it was a terrible thing. So now they're going to get their jobs back. They're all going to be getting their jobs back. Nearly every nation on Earth continues to combat the virus. A number of countries are seeing a surge in new cases, including Japan, the Philippines, major parts of Europe. Cases continue to surge in Latin America. It's right now the most infected place anywhere in the world. They've more than doubled in recent days. Latin America is doing very little testing. They're not really equipped to do that. It's tough. In the United States, more than 80 percent of jurisdictions report declining cases. We're doing very well. You don't hear that too often from the media, but we're doing very well. We have a very large country, very complex country, in a sense. More than half of America's counties report fewer than 20 cases last week. So if you look at that, more than half of America's counties report fewer than 20 cases last week. But we have to remain vigilant. We're doing very well, but we have to remain vigilant. Nationally, the percentage of emergency room visits with the coronavirus symptoms is down to almost half what it was in July. The southern states that were very strong hotspots not long ago — Arizona, Texas, Florida — continue to show 
significant improvement, including increased availability of hospital beds. Arizona now has the smallest number of coronavirus inpatients since mid-June. It's gone. The governor was up, and uh, we had a, a great meeting, Governor Ducey, and the meeting was uh, terrific. But since mid-June, so they're doing well, and it's going down, heading down very rapidly, actually. Texas is stabilizing and improving rapidly with some progress in the Rio Grande Valley and other communities along the border with Mexico that had shown the biggest increases in hospitalizations and deaths. Florida is also stabilizing its statewide positive test rate continues to decrease from 13 percent on July 23rd to 8 percent this week. Florida has done very well. It's going down. It's heading down actually quite rapidly. And even Miami, which was the hottest spot in Florida, is heading downward. But Florida has done very well. Texas has done very well and rapidly. And Arizona has done incredibly well. So Arizona has really been a very rapid drop. New Jersey and New York remain stable with less than 1 percent of emergency room visits due to the China virus. The illness uh, took a devastating toll on both states, as you know. While both states really took the brunt of the infection earlier this year, thankfully. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back with the press. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk USA. Who's your wireless provider? AT&T, Verizon, Mobile, Mobile, T-Mobile. What if I told you Pure Talk USA uses the exact same network as those carriers? Same towers, same coverage, but literally costs you half? I know it sounds crazy. When I first heard about Pure Talk, I thought this has to be too good to be true. But listen what their customers are saying. Sarah from Abilene. The service is amazing. Love the price. The speed is quick. Eugene from Granbury. Give, uh, since giving up AT&T, we really don't feel there's any difference in the level of uh, service quality or accessibility. Now, folks, look at the reviews. People love Pure Talk USA. Why? No contract, no excessive fees. They're not ripping you off. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, or two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. So grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say Mark Levin. And when you do, you'll get this screaming deal and save a 50% amount off your, month, off your first month. Again, that's pound 250, town 250, and say keyword Mark Levin. It's also been a challenging few months, and we've all had to make adjustments. One thing that remains unchanged is how much we depend on our cars, especially this time of year. Whether you're skipping the airport and hitting the road for summer vacation or you're commuting to work every day, you still rely on your car. Unfortunately, cars have more problems over the summer months. AC failure, broken cooling fans, time chain repairs, uh, timing chains, power window motors are some of the most common issues. That's why you need to get car shield coverage before those summer breakdowns happen. Breakdowns are awful, but they're even worse when you have to pay the repair bill out of your pocket and then pay it yourself. CarShield helps take care of those expensive repairs so you don't have to. 
Get coverage today and see why CarShield goes farther. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com, carshield.com, use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's 800-CAR-6000 or carshield.com, code LEVIN, a deductible may apply. Back to the president. But they've made a lot of money over the years, and uh, prices just go up. Not fair. This includes a landmark executive order requiring drug companies to change Americans and charge Americans no more than they charge to foreign countries. So they have to charge Americans no more than they charge to foreign countries. That means our country can't be Let me be just dip out of this for a second. Here's, here's the problem as I see it with this. And by the way, the Democrats support the same thing. You're talking about countries like Canada and Mexico and Europe where the prices are set by socialist countries. And so they subsidize the prices. The problem is the vast majority of these drugs are invented in the United States. And the cost of actually pursuing uh, the invention of new drugs, whether it's for the China virus or a thousand other things, is enormously high. And most of the times unsuccessful. Look at all the efforts made on Alzheimer's and dementia and so forth. And the companies make nothing off this. They make literally nothing. So they have to have capital to make the investment. So it's not a question of what they charge in Canada, because Canada's prices are artificially low. And Canada's companies aren't making these drugs. American companies are making these drugs. So if you, if you starve them of the capital necessary to make these drugs, they're not going to make them anymore. That's the problem. So you have people with all kinds of uh, morbidities out there, people who are looking for for drugs to deal with uh, different types of cancers and advancement and diabetes and, and dementia and Alzheimer's and heart disease and on and on and on. We're simply not going to have the private sector capital to do it. So while the end user loves to pay nothing for their drugs, and unfortunately more and more Americans think they, should, they shouldn't pay anything, the fact is there's going to be less drugs that do good as a result of starving these companies. I'll be back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. We have two great guests this hour, Stephen A. and Chip Roy, who is a fantastic congressman in the, uh, the abortion lobby from all over the world is, uh, is trying to take him out. But let's listen to for a few more minutes to the president. He's really kicking butt. In some cases, decades of bad management, we can't do that. So that's what they want. They want to do that, and we don't want to do that. Are you concerned that about the legality of these executive orders? No, not at all. No, somebody, well, you always get sued. I mean, everything you do, you get sued. I was sued on the travel ban. 
and we won. I was sued on a lot of things, and we won. So we'll see. Yeah, probably we get sued, but uh, people feel that we can do it. Jeff, go ahead. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. President, the intelligence agencies today said that Russia is already meddling in this year's election to hurt Joe Biden and that China is considering meddling to hurt you. Do you believe that intelligence, and what do you plan to do about it? It could be. I mean, I could be very much. I think that the last person Russia wants to see in office is Donald Trump, because nobody's been tougher on Russia than I have ever. That's not uh, well, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody, nobody with any common sense would say, do it. Look at what we've done with our military. Look at what we've done in exposing the pipeline with billions of dollars going to Russia. Look at all of the things we've done with NATO where I've raised $130 billion a year from countries that were delinquent, and now they're paying all of this money. And the 130, by the way, $130 billion, not million, billion, goes to $400 billion over a few years. And that's all uh, money to protect against Russia. Uh, China would love us to have an election where Donald Trump lost to sleepy Joe Biden. They would dream. They would own our country. If Joe Biden was president, China would own our country. And you said another country? What was the third country? No, just those two. No, no, you didn't. You didn't say then the report. The report said Iran also. But you didn't say that. Iran would love to see me. Iran would love to see me not be president. And I'll I'll make this statement. Uh, If and when we win, We will make deals with Iran very quickly. We'll make deals with North Korea very quickly. Now, whatever happened to the war in North Korea, you haven't seen that, have you? If I didn't win the election in 2016, our country would now be, maybe it would be over by now, but in war with North Korea. Everybody said, oh, Trump will get us in war. No, just the opposite. And we actually have a relationship with North Korea, which is something that was never established by the previous administration. You would have been in war with North Korea, and it would have been a very bad war. So North Korea, whether you look at Iran, every one of them will make a deal with us very quickly. Iran is dying to make a deal, but they want to see, because they'd much rather make a deal with Biden. Because if they make a deal with the United States, if China makes a deal with the United States with Biden in charge, they would own our country. Look what I've done. I've taken billions, tens of billions of dollars from China. China was having the worst year they've had in 67 years, and we were having the best year we've ever had with big tax cuts, with big regulation cuts. We've rebuilt our military. We became uh, independent in terms of energy. We're the energy leader of the world. Uh, We were having the best year we've ever had. By the way, African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American unemployment numbers, the best in the history of our country. All things, and many other groups, too, including women, including high school diploma, no high school diploma, college diploma. Everybody was doing better. The last thing that Russia wants and China wants and Iran wants would be for Donald Trump to win. Yes, please. Just to follow up, what do you plan to do about that interference, sir? Uh, well, we're going to look at it very cl- closely. You tell me that this came out a little while ago, and I've heard that it came out. It came out just a little while ago, and we're going to look at that very closely. But you started off with Russia. Well, he already Why did. He put a $10 million bounty out there. Remember, Mr. Reducer? These pr- the press know it. A couple of years ago, we had all his top law enforcement, intelligence agency, and department heads said they're going to fight this all they can. Why do they keep with this Russia stuff? Universal mail-in ballots. It's much, it, it is a much easier thing for a foreign power, whether it's Russia, China, 
Iran, North Korea, many others, people, countries you wouldn't expect. It's much easier for them to forge ballots and send them in. It's much easier for them to cheat with universal mail-in ballots. So I think one of the things we'll have to look at is exactly that. But that's a big problem. That's a big problem. You saw in New York, they called the winner, but they have no idea what the vote is. Please, go ahead. Mr. President, we've watched these negotiations go on for weeks. Do you think if you had been more directly involved, we would be in a different position? No, I'm totally involved. No, they call me all the time. They tell me how they're doing. You see see how this goes? You see how this goes? It's Trump's fault. using it as an excuse to try and, you know, Chuck Schumer came out with a strong statement today that you have to get back into school because it's good for the economy. But he he doesn't do it. He doesn't practice what he preaches. No, my people, Steve Mnuchin and our wonderful chief of staff, Mark Meadows, they're constantly on the phone with me. I'm totally involved with it. And we are going to do it in a way that's just much easier. We gave them their chance, but they view it as an election uh, enhancement. You know, you talk about foreign countries cheating on the election. Well, the Democrats are cheating on the election because that's exactly what they're doing. If you look at what they're doing, even with these negotiations, that's an influence and an unfair influence on an election. But we're going to win anyway. Yeah, Mr. please President, go ahead. When was the last time you spoke to Speaker Pelosi, though? We're at this historic moment. Why haven't you spoken well, to her? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But right now, how about this ready. question? When's the last time Speaker Pelosi spoke to you, Mr. President? Go ahead. I think they care about their politicians that have done a terrible job running the cities and states, Democrat cities and states that are bleeding money, that have been so badly run. You take a look at Baltimore and you take a look at so many different cities, including the ones I've already mentioned. Uh, Take a look at what's going on. And they want lots of money to keep keep it going. For many years, they've been bad. So all I'm doing is we're having it out. We're finally having it out. Yeah, please. Mr. President, if you uh, go ahead on your own on uh, unemployment insurance, uh, I'm wondering both where you're going to get the money to pay for that without Congress, and will people still get $600 yeah, a week? We have the money. We have the money. They'll still get $600 yeah. a week? Uh, I won't say that yet. You'll see that when it happens, but we have the money. Will you say what number? We have it, Justin. We have plenty of money. Yeah, please go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. You said that the pandemic is disappearing, but we lost 6,000 get You get the money from the Treasury. That's where you get the money. Dozens of people are not following the guidelines in New Jersey, which say you should not have more. No, they don't have this political activity. You're wrong on that because it's a political activity. They have exceptions, political activity, and it's also a peaceful protest. So when you have, and and as you know, they asked if they could be, you know, they, a number of, and to me, they look like they all have, pretty much all have masks on, but, uh, you know, you have an exclusion in the law. It says peaceful protest or political activity, right? In fact, specifically, yeah, it says exactly political activity or peaceful protest. And you could call it political activity, but I'd call it peaceful protest because they heard you were coming up and they know the news is fake. They understand it better than anybody. They asked whether or not they asked whether or not they can be here. Like the question about Russia. He doesn't mention Iran was in the report. He doesn't mention or he mentions very late that China was in the report because that's the way they are. They're not. If the press in this country were honest, it wasn't corrupt, if it wasn't fake, our country would be so much further ahead. But we're doing really great. Thank you all very much. Thank you. All right. And we will be right back. Mark 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stephen A. Smith, how are you, my friend? My brother, what's going on, man? How you doing? Nothing's going on. It's so boring out there. <laughs> no. Well, you know, it's a, life is what you make it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you wear your mask, you practice some social distancing and all of that stuff. But I got news for you. I never had problems with social distancing. It works for me. Me neither. I don't need everybody in my face anyway. I'm the same way. As a matter of fact, social distancing, and you know what else I do? Socialist distancing. What do you think of that? <laughs> I don't know about that one. I, I'm a capitalist. I, I don't know about that one. You are All a capitalist. Right? You like to make money, don't you? Damn right I do. I ain't apologizing for that. And you like to keep your money, right? You work hard. You, you've seen me say this on national TV oh, on yeah. many occasions. I'm a registered independent. That's true. I don't swing left or right, but I will tell you this. Um, I'm a proud capitalist. I believe in making money. I can't stand the amount of taxes that I make. And one of the greatest moments of my life someday in the near future will be me moving out of states like New York and California. Terrible. I don't have to pay those state income taxes. I ain't apologizing for that to anybody. I'm going to go to Florida. You want to go to Florida? I don't know. I think the bugs are too big in Florida. I mean, listen, I'm I'm exploring. Listen, uh, Tennessee, (laughs) no state income taxes. Hey, my kids live in Tennessee. They love it. That's right. Tennessee, Nevada. Uh, I ain't going to Delaware. That's right outside of You're serious about this. Oh, no, listen, I've, I've, I've looked into it for years. Trust you me, I'm in New York and California Crazy. because that's where the job has me. If the job allowed me to live, like I love Texas. I don't mind Dallas. I don't mm-hmm. mind Houston. Okay, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I love Miami. Please don't get me wrong. But any state where you don't have to pay 11, 12, 13 percent income tax, I'm good with it. Now, wait a minute. You love Dallas. I don't think they love you. Don't you hate the Dallas Cowboys and I, something I going on there? You. I, I hate cowboy fans. I think they're the most disgusting, oh, nauseating fans in American that. history. Okay, but but I love the city of Dallas. Yeah. I love the Dallas. Marathon. Why do you hate them? Cuban. But just cowboy fans. You know what? They can go one in fifteen, Mark, and they yeah. will literally. The the season ends on January third at seven p.m. By seven p.m. after a one in fifteen season, they'll go like this. You know, we're gonna win the Super Bowl next year, right? This is what they do. They, they they don't take a second to smell themselves and how stink they've been for the vast majority. Oh man, you're killing my Dallas audience here, man. I got a big. Well, 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 you know what they'd say? say? Look, you were in Philly a long time. I'm from Philly. You know what they'd say about Philly fans? Well, that's Philly fans. Philly fans could be crazy, but hey, at least they've won recently. Number one. 
passionate. Number two, I'm from. I'm a native New Yorker. That's uh, true. Uh, number three, and number three, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I've What's that all about? First football play I've ever seen was the immaculate reception by Franco Harris. That was amazing. That's right. That's that was the first amazing. Football play I ever saw. Yeah. And I was. I've been. I've loved the Pittsburgh Steelers ever since. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. How about New basketball? Nick, unfortunately, the New York. Oh my I mean, God, I, they I, suck they for so long. They are terrible, but they, I think they're going in the right direction. A guy by the name of Leon Rose is the new president of basketball operations. William Wesley is is, a, is an executive under him, and I think that the people that they've hired, they're moving in a forward direction. If James Dolan could just stop being so petulant, ready to ban people from Madison Square Garden just because they chant for him to sell it. Well, there's nobody there like anymore, so they don't have to ban him. Let me ask you this. There you go. Willis Reed, is he still around? Seriously, I don't know. Uh, you know what? Hey, listen, I don't, I, I don't know either. I haven't seen no Man, it, was time. he great? He was only 6'10". He, he was unbelievable. But you talk about him. To me, it was Walt Clyde Frazier and Earl yeah. Monroe. Yeah. The Busher. I remember that whole team. That's right. That's right. You, you remember That's my right. team with Chamberlain and uh, Clint Walker and Hal Greer and, and Bill Cunningham? Yeah, you remember that? You're, you're talking about Luke Jackson? That's right. That's what I was a kid. That's what I used to watch at the Spectrum. Well, listen, you talked about it. You said it, you said it best. The bottom line is, you. what did you say? You said Hal Greer. That's a name none of us should ever forget. I loved Hal Greer. That's loved right. Loved Hal Greer. God, was he good. And he was That's underrated, but not in Philly. They loved him in Philly. Uh, That's right. That is true. That let is me true. ask you a question. Yes, sir. People watching sports is going down, isn't it? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, mean, I thought I read that somewhere. Listen, listen, let me tell you this. Folks are watching NBA basketball, okay, because the competition has been absolutely fantastic. It's been phenomenal. Baseball is a different story because it's went from 162 games to just 60 games. Everybody's looking at it right now, and they're saying, what the hell is That's going fake. on? That's fake. Fake season. It's, it, exactly. It's a fake season. And then when you've got the Miami Marlins, 17, 18 players on their mm-hmm. team testing positive and stuff like that. And then you got games being postponed, and then everybody might not even end up play, play, playing the same amount of games. That delegitimizes the season. The NBA doesn't have that problem. These eight regular season games have been riveting. The playoffs are going to begin August 17th. I won't watch it. I won't watch it. Well, you know why well, you I know won't you're watch, not it. Gonna watch it. Well, yeah. you, 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 you're dogged in your beliefs, and I respect that. I don't always agree with you. But consistent, you we call it. Consistent. You are consistent. You are consistent without question, and you have a right to feel the way that and you And sometimes feel. you agree with me, and sometimes you... By the way, does that ever get you in trouble, or nobody cares? You know I don't give a damn if people... You know, you they know we're friends. Does that bother people at ESPN they, or anywhere? They, no, you know what? Actually, it doesn't, because one of the things... I remember one time I, I expressed this to them as well. Like I said, I, I listen to everybody. I don't know as much as Mark Levin knows, okay? So guess what? I might disagree with you, but then when you open your mouth and you explain your position, if you have a point, I'm going to concede that you have that point. And, oh, by the way, I'm not going to consider you to be a scourge of the earth or racist or anything like that just mm-hmm. because you don't agree with me. You, know, you want to know not. why? You're class act. You think with your head. And I really I believe this. We don't have to agree on everything, but you're always open. You say, okay, why do you believe that? I don't agree with it. Why do you believe that? You don't agree. It doesn't. You know what? I'm not talking to you. You never do that. Never, and I never will. I'm not that kind of guy. I mean, to me, I win either way. Either I know something more than the next person does, 
or they know more than me, and then I learn from them, and because of it, I'm more knowledgeable. How do I lose in either scenario? Let me ask you this. There's, there's a UFC. I'm into the UFC, you know, but I don't know like you know. Yeah. You know everything. So the UFC, who's fighting Saturday, and why is it a good fight or not? I haven't paid, I haven't paid much attention to this week's event. I'll Lewis. Lewis is fighting. That guy's yeah, a killer. Yeah. He, I haven't seen much of him. I've seen a few of their fights, and I just got off the phone with Dana White about a week or so ago because I needed to give him props. Now, let me just I mean, stop you there. You know what? I can't sure. get – I could never get Dana White on the phone. You know what? I could get the president. I can't get Dana White on the phone. Do you want him on? You want him on your show? I'd love to talk to this guy. I, I get, I'll get Dana White for you. He was on my show once. I think he said, who the hell is this? You know, and then he, look, you, look, you know. Look, Dana White, Dana White from day one, when this pandemic hit, he was determined to go on and on and on. He recognized the importance of implementing safety protocols, wearing your mask, engaging in social distancing and things of that nature. But he was dogged about the fact that the world could not stop. He said it's the United States of America. Let's Good for him. Forward. Let's figure out a way to do it. And, and you agree what? with that, his, right? His, absolutely. And his so do I. Was the first, his sport was the first sport to really go back and get back in action. And I think that he set the stage for the other sports to follow suit. I give Dana White a lot of credit uh, for what has been transpiring with us right now. He deserves an awful lot of credit for what he has done with the UFC. And they put on some tremendous, tremendous events over the last several months. And they're going to keep doing it, obviously. Guy wants yeah, to stay in business. Stopping. He's not stopping. He's, not he's stopping. a capitalist, he's not too. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And that doesn't mean that you, 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 know, you just lose your senses and you just ignore what's in the best interest of our society in terms no, of— No, I don't know of any capitalist who does because it doesn't pay them to be stupid. That's right. But at, at the same time, what, one of the things that I've said on my show first take on ESPN, and I've said this religiously, let's, not, let's, not, let's stop acting like economics don't matter. The fact of the matter is, is that if you're not working, if you're not doing anything, if an economy is not open, essentially what you're asking people is to stay at home and wait to be taken care of. And literally, I've run across people who have echoed, well, that's the government's job. And my response is, that's not reality. That's not how this world works. You are not going to sit at home and watch your quality of life disintegrate before your very eyes and do absolutely positively nothing. At some point in time, you are going to go out and you're going to take risk. Unfortunately, you shouldn't have to. You you shouldn't want to. But in the end, you have to do what you have to do because that's the world that we live in. We have to accept that engage in safety measures to the best of our abilities and march on forward. Otherwise, society as we know it will disintegrate before our very eyes. It's very simple to me. You know, you are Mr. ESPN. I don't know what the hell they do without you because you're the only show I watch. No offense to everyone else. I don't care about the rest. Stephen A. Smith, thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend, okay? You do the same. All right, God bless. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the George S. Patton of Talk Radio. Call him at 877-381-3811. That's 877-381-3811. One of the uh, house races that I'm most focused on and most interested in involves an individual I've known for many, many years. Uh, He served as chief of staff to Ted Cruz. He decided to run for a seat uh, when the incumbent retired in Texas. Uh, It is a relatively marginal seat, and he won, and he's up for re-election, and he has a leftist who's known throughout the state, throughout the country. I'll have him talk about it. Uh, and she is raising an enormous amount of money trying to knock him off. And he's one of the great young conservative voices in the U.S. House of Representatives. Chip Roy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're a great friend. And say hello to your wonderful family. You know, today happens to be my birthday. Happy uh, birthday. And, uh, I appreciate it, sir. And, and, you know, I know you'll appreciate this. My birthday buddy for 16 years, my dog Nelson, he passed away last November. And we oh. buried him out at our property. But he's a, I know you how much you love dogs like I do. And. So I'm just giving a special shout-out to my buddy Nelson and uh, how much I think of him on my birthday, because we're birthdays win. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How old was Nelson? He was 16. He had a great life. Oh. He was blessed, and we were blessed to have him. And uh, you know, But every time, I, my birthday, for the rest of my life, I'll think of my, my little buddy that I used to carry around with me everywhere in my Jeep and driving around. And uh, so, you know, I know you share a passion for him. That's very friend. tough. Uh, Chip, tell everybody who you're running against and how she's raising her money and what's going on in your district. Well, I appreciate it. I'm, uh, I drew a, a describe running against Wendy Davis, which I'm happy to do because it couldn't be more Wendy Davis. Everybody knows Wendy Davis. Go ahead. Everybody knows Wendy Davis. She ran against Governor Abbott in 2014, fairly infamous for uh, donning pink tennis shoes on the floor of the Texas Senate uh, because she was standing up for third trimester abortion, that is abortion all the way to birth, and I uh, was very proud of that. She's also notorious for having stood on the steps of the Texas Capitol wearing a unmentionable hat of a female body part. Uh, that's the kind of woman I'm running against, and, and uh, she's a notorious liberal, right? She hasn't been able to bring herself to stand with police officers during all of this civil unrest that is endangering our streets and looting and uh, costing people their lives. She hasn't been able to call out in people. She was, you know, she'll be right there side-by-side uh, side with Nancy Pelosi wanting to take your gun rights away, wanting to destroy the energy industry. She is an open leftist who is a, uh, would, would advance that agenda and go side-by-side side with Nancy to advance the swamp when I am a proven conservative that knows that this race this fall is to stand up with America, stand up for America. That's what we need to do, and that's what this race is about, is being willing to stand up for America proudly, unapologetically. And uh, I think it's going to be clear this fall, but she's raising a lot of money because the act blue leftists, they, they believe they can flip Texas and they're sending a lot of money her way. We've raised a good amount, but she's got a million dollar advantage. So we're, uh, we're working hard and getting our message out, but we need all the support we can get. And, uh, but I think the, the distinctions couldn't be more clear. And by the way, uh, what is your site if people want to help? 
chiproy.com. That's chiproy.com. And look, they've got Act Blue. And so by the way, let me just board. say this. Wendy, you're welcome to come on my program. I'd be more than happy to interview you. Go ahead, Chip. I would love that. I would, I would be delighted for Wendy Davis to come on to your program because, you know, they've got Act Blue and they've got all their leftists that go on and they want to trash America. They want to endanger our streets. They want to challenge our police officers. Look, I'm a former federal prosecutor. My grandfather was the chief of police of a small Texas town. He passed away from cancer when my dad had polio and was age seven. His wife, my grandmother, was a single mom in West Texas. She didn't go look for handouts. She worked hard, raised my dad. He's still walking today. I saw him this afternoon. And uh, I'm blessed, and I believe in the American dream. I believe in And, and you're a cancer dream. survivor, too. I am. In fact, had my diagnosis nine years ago this week, and and I uh, was was blessed to get through that and fight. And I promised that I would save this republic for my kids and grandkids. And you know, if you've got even just, I know you've got millions of listeners. If just two hundred and ten thousand of them right now went to chipaway.com and gave me one dollar, that's two hundred and ten thousand dollars of advertisement in San Antonio or Austin. If they gave me ten bucks, that's two point one million dollars. That's the power of conservative voices, and that's the opposite of the swamp. We don't want to go to the swamp in D.C. looking for dollars. We want the grassroots who love America to stand up strong against people like Wendy Davis. Look, this is pretty clear. I'm for safe communities and standing with cops. She's not. I'm for small businesses. She's for the Marxists who want to drive our lives to corporate boards. I'm for life. She's for third trimester abortion. I'm for abundant Texas energy driving CO2 levels down. She wants to end all of that alongside Joe Biden. I stand for a secure border and stand alongside uh, CBP, Border Patrol, and, and to stop cartels and to stop human trafficking. She wants to abolish ICE and stand along Nancy Pelosi to do that. I stand with the president. She's against that. I stand up as an independent conservative with an independent voice, and, and she wants to go jump in bed with Nancy Pelosi and, and do what's going to be uh, popular among the leftist crowd in Washington. I stand for health care freedom. She stands for government and insurance bureaucrats controlling health care. This is a very clear uh, race. So she, she's basically her. a Bernie Sanders radical leftist Democrat, which is why those forces are pouring money in there. And you're underfunded. I'm deeply concerned about this. And I have no idea why the Democrat grassroots contribute so much money, Republican grassroots, but even more importantly, constitutional conservatives. That's what we are. They need to really step up in this election, and I'm specifically saying your election is absolutely crucial to push this way back. Again, if people want to support you, even if they give you $1, where do they go? Chiproy.com, Chiproy.com, C-H-I-P-R-O-Y.com. Uh, and look, your listeners and your show, you stand up for the country we all love, right? That's what I'm concerned about right now, and I know you are too. We watch what's happening with these BLM Marxists that are trying to remake our country. We watch what's happening with Joe Biden, who, you know, he's not concerned about black lives. He's concerned about black voting blocks. That's what you heard him say over the last 48 hours. We're standing up for the freedom and opportunity that built our country. I'm willing to go down and stand up in front of Independence Hall and tout our founding fathers and the freedoms that we have unapologetically and stand up for the great country that I know we want to pass down to our kids and grandkids. Wendy Davis wants to tear it down. The current Democratic Party wants to tear it down. I want to build it up. I want to build up our country and take us forward so that our kids can inherit the great birthright of being an American. That's what this election is about this fall, and I'm not going to back down one minute for standing up for those values that you and I both share and the constitutional liberties and freedoms. And, and here's what I want people to understand about you, Chip Roy. You're not only a very close personal friend of mine and my family, 
but you are truly a constitutional conservative. In other words, you're not just a Republican running for office. You're not just an establishment guy, a rhino guy, or a a, a recent conservative. These are views you have held your entire life. And down the line, you're a man of liberty. Down the line, you're a man of Americanism. And I want my audience to understand... I don't bring a lot of congressmen on here to endorse them and strongly encourage people to support them. You are a standout, and that's why I feel I want Levinites out there to do everything they can to help you at ChipRoy.com. Wendy Davis, you're welcome to come on this program, but I'm going to question you about your positions. You're welcome. I want to give her equal time, but she won't because the libs never do. They cower. Go ahead. Well, all I was going to say is thank you for that. That means a lot. I have dedicated my life to this. You know, when I got through cancer, I've been in public service after having been in the private sector as well, and I thought I was going to go back to the private sector. The good Lord gave me more time on this planet, and I promised myself that I would do everything I could to save this country for my kids and grandkids. And this election, this election is the most important election of my lifetime, and if we show up to the polls and if we do our job, we'll beat them. And we will have another four years with the president. We will have a better Congress, and we'll go out and we'll get better judges, and we'll fight for a secure border, and we'll fight for health care freedom, and we'll stand up alongside Israel, moving the capital to Jerusalem and the embassy. What a great thing that, that was done by the president there. And you know what? We'll beat this virus. We won't cower in fear. We won't politicize a virus. We'll beat it, and we'll get our economy back. That's what the American way is, beating polio, putting a man on the moon, uh, doing, you know, beating Nazi Germany. We don't cower in the corner. We go out and win. And that's what we're going to do this fall, especially if all your great listeners help us and support it. And, Mark, I can't thank you enough for what you do for this country in uh, advancing uh, constitutional conservative ideals. God bless you. I just I, I really do, I can't thank you enough. Well, thank you, Chip. And, you know, Joe Biden literally, as you mentioned, it, is cowering in the corner, issuing statements. He's not leaving Delaware. He's really not even leaving Wilmington unless he went to Scranton for a few minutes. It's really quite appalling, is it not, that we have people earning the minimum wage, putting bread on shelves for people to buy, or working at fast food, and we have men and women driving 18-wheelers across this country, left and right. We have men and women working on assembly lines, men and women working in, in retail stores. We have men and women in uniform, and the men and women in blue, doctors, nurses, everybody doing their bit, trying to do their bit. And Joe Biden won't do his bit. He won't even properly run for president of the United States. And then he says what he's doing is righteous. Well, we've got real Americans struggling. I would look, and by the way, I'm happy to work with anybody, any party, if it's advancing good ideals. We moved through a PPP Flexibility Act. I did as a freshman Republican. Why? Because I believe this amounts to borderline a taking, almost like eminent domain. When you've got government shutting down people's livelihoods and businesses, I was fine to have some federal support to help those small businesses. I've looked in the eyes of a small business who's struggling, and, and they're laying off people that they don't want to lay off, and they're shutting their doors, sometimes permanently. This government has got to get out of the way of the American uh, people who are ready to get back to work, do so wisely, responsibly. My dad is 77. My mom is 71. Mark, I want to protect them. But we got to get our kids to school, get our economy going, and yep. really get the economic growth we need to get through this. And we will. And, and I All know right. we will as Americans. Chip, God bless you, my friend. Keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Uh, America's behind you, and my audience especially is behind you, Levinites. God bless you, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. 
AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. My friend Matt Boyle over there at Breitbart, he was the recipient of a lot of Haggerty information and wrote several articles promoting Haggerty and trashing SETI, uh, the conservatives run against Haggerty. He rarely mentioned that Haggerty was backed by Romney, Chamber of Commerce, and McConnell. It's okay. Um, I would endorse Dr. Manny SETI again, and I think he'll be back. But Haggerty is likely to win that seat, and we'll see how it turns out. We'll see how it turns out with all those people supporting him. I think he's going to be in the line with a Lamar Alexander or Bob Corker. I think uh, when you have a guy like McConnell pouring in every bit of money he's able to pour into that race for Haggerty, that tells you he bought a guy, and that guy's going to be loyal to him. We shall see. We'll know in a few years. I will keep an eye on this. I'm very disappointed, but that's okay. You win some and you lose some. I know this from the Tea Party time when most of these guys weren't around helping us. We got a great senator like uh, Mike Lee, a great senator like Cruz, and many others. Now in honor of you, Levinites, you magnificent patriots, who I want to thank for being here. Here we go.
Folks, please give Chip Roy a shot, will you? Go to chiproy.com. Let's help him out. We need to win that seat. We need to beat back Wendy Davis. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. And good night, my little baby, Barney. Don't forget Sunday. It's really a very important show with the Attorney General of the United States. The full hour, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can DVR it if you can't watch it on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, America. God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.